0: This is episode number 160, Controlling Ways to Perceive Life with Casey Berman. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you, to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to thank all the people that chose to attend yesterday's event called Survive to Thrive, Your Past Does Not Determine Your Future. This was an incredible experience, for me at least it was, because it helped me realize so many things about my own life and so many relationships that I took for granted or might have neglected due to other priorities and things that I chose to focus my time on. And so I very much appreciated all the things that people have shared as part of this experience, in addition to the speakers, Seijo Takar and Scott Mason, talking about different ways to break our bias and face our fears. So I thank you all for choosing to be a part of this work this community in helping us dig deeper within ourselves also i would like to thank all the sponsors all the organizations that chose to stand behind our work later today will be releasing a video that you'll be able to see showcasing all the different organizations along with all the services that they provide if you have a minute please consider checking them out as they are true believers in what we do also if you like what you heard on any of the previous episodes Consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, so more people can hear these inspiring conversations. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is great.
0: I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm grateful that you and I actually had almost a podcast before the podcast, right? (laughs) In the (laughs) conversation that we had initially, I remember... we wanted to last 10 to 15 minutes. It went well into the hour, probably yeah. even past that <laughs> Yeah, and could yeah. have gone much longer. And I think that's the beauty of networking and connecting with people is just knowing that there is going to be, at least that's what I aspire. I aspire to connect with people like you, who I can just genuinely have a conversation and skip certain elements of the intro phases and just like dive right in. Dive right in. Um, And I think that's been a beautiful thing. How do you you personally look at networking? Like, what do you you look for? Do you look for similar uh, people, similar encounters in life, or do you have a different thing that you're looking for right now?
1: So for me, so first of all, thanks for having me. This is great. Mm -hmm. Really admire what you're doing here. Um, Sajal introduced us. And so, you know, she networked and and put us together. So big thanks on the air to her. I've done privately and do publicly. And I, you know, networking can be this taboo term and, Mm -hmm. It's something that I teach uh, I help unhappy attorneys leave the law if they leave the law behind and I'm kicking off my own blog uh, where under, under my name where uh, connection is part of is, is a major theme. but you know through the work I've done in, in coaching and also for me personally, you know networking has kind of this this taboo term and, and you know you think of schmoozing and handing out cards and right. and all of that For me though' it's, it's part of what I call my unique genus. I really gain satisfaction for making that connection. And I really put some thought into it. I really like the idea. I, I think the this sounds crazy, but the, the world's a better place when you can connect like-minded people and and they can they can build on something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um we'll get into it, but I'm not after a quick fix. You want to let this relationship nurture. You know, you may make it make a connection in, in January and you don't see fruits of it till August or or the next year. But uh, I, I the way I look at it, whether it's kind of on a macro level, historical level, or so on, you know, the the world is really about about connecting, about connecting energies, and that's how I do it. I think about people I connected last week, and it was well, this person can help this person that way, and just kind mm-hmm. of knowing the people in my LinkedIn and my network and being able to make those connections. So, y'all knew me well enough and knew you well enough that she knew we would have this conversation, and now we're having this podcast. So that's that's proof of, of just knowing the energy of the people they want to connect.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you ever struggle or did you ever have any difficulties in your life when maybe you looked at certain connections or you hesitated from making some of those connections and thinking that, Oh, if I'm going to introduce them in this way, then that might take away certain opportunities for me. Cause that's one of the things that I've learned throughout networking. That's kind of, it, I definitely went through that phase myself in thinking that, okay, I can't make this connection here because it's going to take away an opportunity for me moving forward. And yeah. in reality, that's like never, never the case. Yeah. But did you go through a similar journey? And then what helped you reframe that mindset into how you network now?
1: Yeah. So I literally did a 180 on that when my business partner, Adam Alette, fellow former attorney, we worked together. He's been like a mentor, a coach to me in many ways. And there was another site coming up, helping attorneys leave the law. And it, it just, I froze. And he said, Hey man, there's no competition. There's no competition in the world. And this person I went out and connected with and become great friends and we're like-minded and we're doing the same thing. And whether it's within your industry or whether it's like you said, you're looking to connect people, Mm -hmm. you can kind of come from this lack consciousness of, well, there's competition, zero-sum game. If I connect Oleg with so-and-so, I'm going to miss out. Or you just say, there's no competition. There's really no competition. And what I provide is so great there's plenty of clients or customers or money or, or p- possibilities for me I'm going to connect Oleg with with this person and just because for, for the sake of it you know uh, David R Hawkins PhD MD wrote a lot about spirituality and, and enlightenment and he, he sort of talks about that a lot of our actions are built on on fear and loss you know we, we don't want to do something because we might get caught or we don't want to do something Mm. because it might hurt us. And his point is, why don't we flip it and say, why don't we just do things because for the good of it, why don't we drive slowly or at the speed limit? Not because we might get in a crash or we might get caught by the, by the police and pulled over, but simply because that's the speed that is the best for safety as well as transporting people. Like why not Mm -hmm. do it for the greater good? I mean, it's as easy to do that. So it's the same thing with, with networking. Like, why don't I just connect OLED with so and So because that's just connecting more energies. It'll, it'll come Mm -hmm. back to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I did that shift that there was no competition out there, I mean, it really was a one eighty. I say overnight, maybe over two or three months where then I was able to, to practice it. So that's how I view it. That's how I view it now. Mm -hmm. Now I want to be sensitive to people. I don't want to, if someone's trying to sell something and then I I don't want to, I'm thinking about if I connect so-and-so with this other person, will this other person think I'm selling to, I mean, you definitely have to keep, the parameters of the connection in mind and maybe temper it here and there. But this, there's no competition out there has been a huge shift for me, which, which like happened last week for me. (laughs) So no, but it happened recently for me. So I, and I, I think it speaks a lot to
0: the abundance mindset in general, which for me did take time to develop, but I'm also curious to know from your end, what do you think of the following? There's something that I read a little while ago that spoke about how Many people are more afraid of losing something than gaining that one thing. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, what's your opinion on that? Why do you think that's the way it is that many people are afraid of maybe taking the step forward with the possibility of gaining something in, in reverse? It's that they won't take that step solely because of the fear
1: that they might lose something. That's right. That's right there's it's a great point i'm really happy you bring it up and one thing now in this time that we're in right now is a great opportunity to really look inward at it but when you when you really look at at what it, it what the fear is there's a lot of ways to look at it to phrase it and we can go through those and see which mm-hmm. one resonates best with with your audience but um with who's listening but it's it's an attachment it's a feeling that we cannot do without um, it's a, It could also be a fear of the unknown. And so when you look at, let's take that, the fear of the unknown. Um, and for me, the fear of the unknown uh, will manifest itself in me procrastinating. It'll manifest in, in me not feeling I'm worthy about something. So guess what? I won't build that new caseyberman.com website and I'll just push it out. Or I just won't do that thing to help my clients, like that new blog post I want to write, I just won't. Or I won't make that connection on LinkedIn, because I'm afraid so and so will re- reject me. But really, what it comes down to is, is this fear of the unknown. And what I've done recently is I saw this quote, literally last week, which was, what if fear of the unknown, the synonym was it or the, the flip of it was excited about the possibility. Mm. And when I sit and get quiet, and, and you know, we talk about meditation and touchy-feely stuff. I'm a sports <laughs> fan. I'm 46 years old, sports fan, kid of the 80s, you know, raised here in San Francisco. This was tough. I'm a, I'm a lawyer, type A. It's tough for me to get my hand around quiet and thoughts and so on. But I gave myself permission to do it when I realized that a lot of the, the people I admired, these macho sports guys, um, I read about Tom Brady, I read about Colin Kaepernick, I read about people who, who, were, who were envisioning, I even read about Navy SEALs who were envisioning the, the result before they, they got there. Um, and whether you want to use med- whatever the purpose is, we can debate, but that gave me permission. And since I've started meditating 10, 15 minutes a day, just at mm-hmm. night or whenever, um, one of the ways that I've been able to do is to not be afraid of. The, well, I'm still afraid of the unknown, but then I recognize it. I'm aware of it. I say, okay, Casey, you got it. And then I just say, well, what about, I, I'm excited about the possibility. Remember when we were a kid and, and it was Friday afternoon and the weekend was coming, what were you doing? So-and-so was having a birthday party and you had to sleepover on Saturday night and you were going with your parents to the water slides, whatever you, you live, like, remember those days. So I think the first way to deal with that is to, to phrase it as fear of the unknown and how I shift the other way real quickly that I look at it is the sense of a, of attachment. And this is very Zen Buddha talks about, it. I'm definitely not an expert in it, but the way it's been helping me is to understand that a lot of these fears, whether it's your house, your car, or it's something like, um, uh, an identity you have, it begins to own you. Mm. As opposed to you owning it, it could be money, but it also could be something more subtle where you say, "Well I have an identity, I want to be the person who who's always in control. I want to be the leader. I want to be you know Mr. or Mrs um, I don't cry, I want to be or what or maybe it's I want to be Mr or Mrs. Drama, I want all the attention, whatever it is. But when that starts to own you, then mm-hmm. that's your identity. You're tied to that. You cannot imagine an identity not like that, even if it's kind of negative or, or hurts you in a way. Um, you're so tied to it and that begins to own you in attachment. So I really see that fear manifesting in those in those two ways. Mm-hmm. What do you still fear about that unknown aspect? Yeah. So uh, overcoming odds is is huge. And I think that I, I love that that's your focus and, and the name of it all. And one thing that we talked about was, you know, your story, like I, I was intimidated by it. I was like, oh my God, this, <laughs> at seven years old, Oleg like, was feeding himself and, you know, emigrating and so on. Like, what was I doing at seven? But what, what I want, every, what I've realized and everyone realizes all of our struggles are, are real. Mm-hmm. And even if we have a sense of entitlement or we're pampered or we're living in the mansion or something, you know, what's going on up here is is really tough and can be debilitating. And unfortunately, depression and anxiety, you don't see them with your eyes. So many times they can, they can get short shrift. So one thing that I have really, and this will sound ludicrous, but one thing that I have struggled with and I'm making progress is my worthiness as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. which is kind of a loaded term. But is, is my worthiness of someone who can run his own business, who can be out there, who can be on a podcast like this, my name and so on. And, you know, my my kids and people say, are, you know, are you kidding? But I really was programmed, you know, I always joke, I was a Jewish kid who didn't like blood, so I didn't go to medical school. I went to law school. That's just what I critically thought of at. And I've been an employee for a very long time. And I really enjoy the companies I work with and I've worked with in the past. But what that has done, kind of like a fish within water, is that's really programmed me to a certain type, subconsciously a certain type of professional reality, which is Mm -hmm. as an employee. Um, And that works for a ton of people, but I have this soulful dynamic and rustling to, it's not either or, you can do both, but to build things. And one thing I've struggled with is the worthiness that people will, will buy what I sell the worthiness Mm. that people will buy my product, the worthiness that Oleg would want to hear my opinion on a podcast, the worthiness. And that's really a fear that I've had to deal with. Obviously I'm getting over it because I'm, I'm here um, and, I'm, and I'm selling products and I'm doing things, um, but that's something that I've, I've really struggled with. And the problem is it's so crazy. People think I'm so nuts to, to not be worthy that it makes it even more difficult for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going crazy? What Should I even have this? So that's something that I've, that I've really um, struggled with. It's almost like saying, you know, Steph Curry of the Warriors struggles with his, that he's a three point shotter or Beyonce struggles with the fact when she has stage fright when she goes on stage. But we all, not that I'm at that level, but I, people look at me as kind of a business person and I'm sort of the last one to get the memo, if you will. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I I think that that's a struggle for many of entrepreneurs, many people in general here. And here's why one of the struggles that I, I guess you could say I'm currently dealing with, or maybe dealt with to a degree was. I think when you put yourself more out there and you have so much more of your story that's available for interpretation from other people, the amount of feedback that you're going to receive, it does get to a point where it's a little bit overwhelming. And here's the thing about feedback is I believe there's the yin and the yang in life. And so for every positive comment, you're going to receive a negative one and name of the game then becomes how do I, cope with the negative feedback in a way as constructive criticism and not direct attacks, which yeah. could be perceived like that sometimes with some of the things receive, And that's long term, I think, impacts this sense of self-worth. Am I doing the right stuff? You know, how could this person say X, Y, and Z when I believe all I'm doing is good for the world? Right. And so I think that becomes, it becomes part of the challenge. And do you experience things like that? Like how how do you personally actually look at feedback in a way that is not debilitating and doesn't stop you from whatever it is that you want to do, but knowing that, Hey, this is part of the journey. And in fact, the more that I'm going to grow, the more of this I'm going to receive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great point. And so I help, you know, I've in business I started was helping attorneys to, to leave the law. And a lot of the feedback I got was, you know, Hey Casey, help other people. Lawyers are, they don't need your help. They're pampered. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, and that's just my niche. That's where I help. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we've, and and we've done it. Uh, I get feedback of, you know, this is stupid. How could you even talk about this? So the the vein that I got was, this is great. You're really helping people And the vein I got was, you know, Casey you're wasting your time and maybe you're creating this, this uh, type of negative dynamic. So that really hit me, where I said, "Wait a minute, my whole this business I'm creating is around helping people." And I'm getting comments. I don't know if they're lawyers or not, who are saying, "You know, I'm I'm helping some pampered elite group of professionals who who should be happy they have a job." Um, so that really hit me hard. That was kind of at the crux of of mm-hmm. of what I was doing, uh, and I've struggled with it. Um, late, you know, been able to 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 push it out. I think. One thing that I've realized recently when it comes to fear, like you mentioned earlier, was really shining a light on, on fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we suppress it, we repress it, uh, we distract it by, by working or doing something else. Let's just go out and have a fun time. And whether it's the fear that, like you mentioned the comments or whether it's a deeper fear of lack of self-worth, whatever it is we're dealing with, the beauty is in really facing it and really Mm -hmm. focusing on it as scary as that is. Um, and I'm not saying to do a pity party, or I'm not saying to rain on your parade, or to get depressed or anything. But really, to focus on what is holding you back, and then and then let it go. I mean, this is a point of meditation, and so on. So to your point about the disparaging feedback, or it can be interpreted that way. There's two ways I look at it. One, Steve Pavlina. Have, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's not a yet. blogger. P A V L I N A. Great guys out of Las Vegas. I don't know him personally. I've been following his blog for a while. But he really talks about this idea of that a lot of the criticism, particularly online and comments and so on, I forget the exact word he used, but, but it's kind of like it's empty and it's them just kind of, kind of gaining a moral high ground. Mm-hmm. So for example, publicly when people talk about sex or drinking or so on, everyone kind of takes the moral high ground, but you know... Most of them aren't. Uh, he gave an example of Netflix back in the day, I think, sent sent adult DVDs by mistake. People were up in arms about how they could send this. But at the end of the day, when, when Netflix said, yes, send them back, no one sent the DVDs back. They That's kept funny. The dirty <laughs> film. So, <laughs> and, when, and, you, and you also hear in politics, people are on the polls or saying who they're going to vote for when really when it comes to the ballot box, they vote for someone else, but they didn't want to say it publicly to a researcher on the phone. So that's a similar thing that, and that's really helped me with online comments that, okay, maybe this person is trying to take a moral high ground um, mm-hmm. or trying to do something when it comes to public comments online. But in reality, uh, when, it come, when, they, when they go back home, maybe they don't think I'm as bad as I'm reading into it, or mm-hmm. maybe they, they, they really don't mean it, or they just had to get out of their system. The second way I look at it and a little, little, little deeper is this idea of projection. And I've been working with this about, you know, and psychologically and I'm no psychologist, but it's something I've really, used personally was this idea of uh, we project on the world. Um, mm-hmm. This is a movie screen, it's a canvas. You know, I'm projecting meaning right now on you. You're a neutral bottle, you're like a uh, body, you're like tofu, I, I'm giving you the flavor.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: We project on traffic, we project on politicians, we project our meanings onto them. Um, and so I think a lot of times when someone writes a disparaging comment or something about me, I have the ability, I really have the freedom of choice. How, what am I going to project on this meeting? And I can either project anger or fear or Mm -hmm. insult. Oh my God, how could they say this about me? Don't they know the great thing I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Or I could project that they are hurting. This is a call for love. They are confused. Uh, They need to get this out of their system because really when it comes down to it, there's two emotions or two things. There's either fear or love. Someone either deserves love and is giving love or it's a call for help and they want love. And so sometimes it's really just someone making that call for help. Now I can't fly and help them and soothe them. You know, that's not scalable. Or anything, <laughs> but it's, just, it's just me realizing that comment on my site is really just someone who, who's a call for help and kind of letting it go and not letting that, that poison kind of fester of anger and fester inside of me.
0: Do you take that on as a responsibility then as far as knowing that there's, it sounds like kind of two lenses that you can look at any form of feedback. And then the second lens in particular, and that's really creating a space for them to maybe understand what's going on and why they actually chose to re- respond the way that they did. Yeah. Do you take that on personally as a responsibility or is that something that you kind of just know that, okay, this is an option that's available. Cause there, I bet there are times, well, not to project my own views onto you, but yeah. in, in my case, as open as I am in creating that space for people, I also understand that there are certain times during the day where I don't choose to actively open those spaces up, yeah. because if I do, then I get swallowed into this, yeah. where my attention actually needs to be here. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Are you able to make that differentiation between the two, or do you always open yourself up?
1: So... I, I'm not sure I do it always. I'm definitely not at that level. what I try to do, the responsibility that I try to do is Mm -hmm. to every second, every minute, every hour, whatever the cadence is. And I miss it. There are times where you get so engrossed in something and so either so worked up or so in the zone that you're not thinking it. But I try consciously to as much as I can. And sometimes this is just once a day. Sometimes it's at 1153 AM. And then at 1157, I'm able to do it again, but consciously to be able to realize when I am not thinking with what they say with the right mind, Mm. when I am not thinking with love, confidence, comfort, ease, and flow. So if I'm on a, on a zoom call and there's someone there who is just so annoying giving me a hard time or taking up the meeting or just, you know, and you're just getting frustrated, you know, you can, you get angry and they see it on your face and maybe you just start surfing on the web. Cause you're not interested at that point. I'll have to take a step back and say, all right, Casey, listen, this person on the call is, is, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they're acting this right. way. I don't know why they're monopolizing the meeting, but, but look what you're projecting onto them. You're projecting this, Thing that they are mean. They're bad. They're they're selfish. I'm doing that. I don't know. Maybe they're. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they. There's a death in the family. Maybe they're insecure and they're just trying to look bigger and better for their boss. So mm-hmm. I try to do it. Now there will be times where I haven't done it for a few hours, and then I realize like, why am I in a bad mood? What's my problem? Oh. I've been projecting all of this stuff onto the last three people I've been on phone calls with Were mm. my family. So I'm definitely not perfect. I definitely do it. I fall into that <laughs> thinking well, with the other club. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But what I try to do and what I just want to encourage everyone to do is, is to be able to pause to, to recalibrate and go back. And I think that's the problem where it goes from mood to temperament to personality is like, if you don't pause and six, nine months later, two years later, you're that person who is just gruff and mean and looking at the world in a lack way, I think it gets to that point because you didn't take that time incrementally to pause, be aware and kind of make a choice as to how you want to view things.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it also speaks to the point that I believe we're habitual beings. And so everything that, the way that you and I are actually able to communicate, it's all based on habits that we've developed. Speech recognition, speech pattern, everything. These are all habits that we've formed. And so I, I think the whole concept of state of being and mood is the same exact way. Whatever I choose to practice today and how I translate that into tomorrow and then months and years down the road, that's the person I'm going to become. Right. I mean, why should I expect to become anything different if every single day I'm repeating the same exact thing just with a different person?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, a habit I just had there is like, I really, I really, what you just said really came in because I try, I, I had that other thoughts and I was like, no, I want to listen to Oleg. I want to mm-hmm. like hear your words. I want them to go into my ear, the brain to work. And so I got it. You know how hard that was because- I mean, you and I could talk, there's a million thoughts going on, but to your point about one of the habits that I've learned recently out of respect and really just kind of understanding is that ability to say, don't jump ahead, Casey. Don't Mm -hmm. get, don't get too excited. Don't jump ahead or, or don't think you have to dominate the conversation. Listen to what Oleg is saying right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of calling that in real time because I used to not do that. Mm -hmm. Um, In the same way I used to not take a pause and listen. And then, you're busy you're distracted you're getting things done but you're kind of in the inner your your inner self um was disconnected and i mm-hmm. didn't just didn't mm-hmm. work for me, so. well i think it also speaks to the point in regard to
0: how much information is actually being thrown at us right now think about oh. it you and i are sitting in whatever rooms whatever spaces we're in you're surrounded by books i'm surrounded by books every one of those things every single word demands our attention. Yeah, yeah. And so that then I, I'm sitting by a window through which I can see the outside trees, other buildings, that's additional information that's being thrown. Yeah. And then that's not even to mention how you're feeling, what you felt prior to the call, what you felt like yesterday, what you felt like the week before. Yeah. It's never ending amount of information that's always with us. And that's why I think it's, it is a challenge to be in the moment and truly be there. And in my opinion, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if it's possible to fully be here in this isolated moment and not be influenced by some other thing that has either happened or that's happening.
1: Yeah. What I agree, it's very hard to be in the moment. And I think people say, well, you know, what does that really, really mean? And Mm -hmm. so to, to not, because what we don't want to do is have self-development and relaxation and meditation just cause us more stress. Like, Oh, I didn't meditate today. Oh my God. Right. Like that's, that's not helpful at all. So what I've done is I've, as I've said to myself that I'm able to be in the moment, maybe in aggregate, I don't know, 400 seconds a day when you really think about it. So what is it, you know, 600 seconds is 10 minutes. So over time, and and that's over a few times of just kind of closing my eyes, meditating, you know. the and that's the crazy. Are, yeah, children are, but you do it in stints. And so you sit there and I guess, but here's what's great. Those 13 seconds, those 23 seconds, when you feel that connection, oh my God, oh my God. And it carries forward. So you're aligning and then you just, it's like getting that massage. It's like washing the car. When you wash the car, it lasts, I mean, I have children, it lasts a day, maybe a week, you know, until it's all dirty all again. (laughs) But that 13 seconds of meditation will last a day. Some amount. So I would, I don't want to put pressure on myself to be in the moment because then I'm not in the moment. I'm I'm pressuring Mm -hmm. myself. But we don't really need to do much. But when you connect with the soul, is patient the soul is loving the soul there's no guilt and so when you can connect with it and you'll know when you connect because the thoughts are out of your mind and you are just feeling that and then you build on it and mm-hmm. then you just and and you just get it and you don't need any fancy app you don't need to go anywhere make it quiet but literally just kind of okay thought you're coming in my mind i want to i want to get it out um but you really don't need to do that much because when you feel it, that, that exponential energy, confidence, connection, it's like, oh, oh, I've seen it. That helps you throughout your day and throughout your week and throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, well said. One of the
0: things I was thinking of as you were saying it is being in the moment and just how over the course of a day, I mean, let's say for the sake of this day, I'm, I'm going to be awake for 12 hours. And out of the twelve hours, it really is just a ten-minute window throughout the whole day where that state of being and fully being engaged and connected—that's all it offers. And to me, it's—I mean—it's crazy that it's only ten minutes out of (laughs) twelve hours.
1: But that just also, I think, speaks to the complexity of the world that we live in. Well, I'm a baseball fan, American baseball. And so when you I know a game is three hours, but I think they did some stat that of actual playing time when the pitcher pitches, the ball is hit and they're running as opposed to people standing around, is around ten minutes. Mm. So of the three hours, the actual now there's a lot of strategy going on, you know, it's it's an observer sport, you know. But it's ten minutes of actual running and the ball moving and hitting and pitching and all of that. But that's why we're there. I mean, that's it. One thing I was just trying to do now, as you were saying, being in the moment when I, I pause, I was listening to you, but I, I was focusing and I just, maybe I'm creating this, but if I'm creating it, who cares? I felt this, just this energy, you and I mm-hmm. are connecting over the internet here, but I really forced myself to be in the moment listening to you. And it was just like, you know, like this, this energy, this heavenly energy just appeared and maybe I forced it, but I tell you, it was great while you were talking, just, just feeling your words and, and kind of that higher intensity. So if maybe that's what the moment is, but for me, it, it, it was great. How much do you think
0: you are in control of your surroundings in your life?
1: Great question. So there's how much I am and how much I think, uh, and I am, I think the, what it comes down to seriously is I feel like I'm really only in control of one thing. And, um, it's a freedom that I have and it's a freedom of choice. And it's really how I view, perceive, or react to things. You know, you probably heard the quote, I forget who said it, but the only thing that, that we have control over is how, we, is how we react to things, how we think about things. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when it comes to the, 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 what we're seeing in the world today, what I'm seeing in my micro world or in the macro world, really the only control I have is how I perceive it. So um, it could be, again, the traffic, it could be whether, do I view this pandemic as um, something horrible in the end of the world? Do I view it as a gift in a way, a, a hard gift, a, a, a painful gift, but do I view this as a gift for us to restart? Do mm-hmm. I view this as a gift for us to um, kind of correct a lot of the wrongs societally and politically and economically that we have? Or do I watch CNN all day and just kind of shrink in the corner and think, you know the that death is is coming to me um when i look at the social unrest when i look at the the people in politics now do i look at it like you know oh there's always be rich there's always poor people there never can be changed or do i look at it and actually kind of applaud democracy in action and applaud the ability for us to to see what we don't want um, and then on a micro level do i look at uh my day today monday is full of meetings and oh my god how am i going to get through this or do you look at it like I'm honored to be able to even have these meetings with people. Like, look at what I'm able to do. So those are things, and it's not a touchy-feely, like everything's great, but the, really the only thing I have con- that we have control over is that the freedom of choice.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've been, I've been curious about that for a while. I think this whole concept of control to begin with, yeah. because for however long I used to think that I can control everything when it comes to even the outcome. Or the results right. of some of the right. actions when in reality life has proven to me so many times <laughs> time after time it's like hold up you actually can't control that you can control the action that you may aspire yep. to take but the outcome and the shape and how it's going to actually come to you it's going to be 100 percent different every single
1: time and that's part of attachment is mm-hmm. the attachment to the outcome you know, I'm going to start this business. It has to work this way because mm-hmm. I want to be an entrepreneur because I want this, because I want that. And I want to be able to work from a laptop to the beach at the beach. That's it. It has to work this way. And then mm-hmm. it begins to own you. What were some, w- was it control in, in business and in building, overcoming odds? What were, I'm curious, what were some of the, the things you Honestly, needed to control?
0: Control in life period, relationships, business. I, I remember in particular, some of the relationships I would get into and, you know, it, it's a hard concept to break down because what I learned was that over time it, relationships, you kind of end up, I'll speak from my perspective. I ended up building from one to the other and then another. And so I always reflect back on the previous ones and thinking, well, this didn't work this way. This is an opportunity for me to change that. So I don't have to repeat the same exact thing, yeah. whether it's communication or whatever it may be. Then what I realized was that every single person, every single encounter is unique to that particular time so as much as i wanted to go back in time in my past and take those wisdom elements of wisdom and lessons and takeaways learned and apply it to the new ones it doesn't always work out that way because that encounter is completely new you know it's not like we're building a house and thinking that okay this person they've got to have they had to have foundation of the previous ones Right, That's not the case. <laughs> Every person is different. And so for me, yeah, relationship was one. Uh, business was another thing. Business yep. was another thing, like networking in particular, right? You reach out, you have this expectation that, okay, they have to respond to my ask. They've uh-huh. got to be at this time. It's got to right. be in this way. Right. And, some, and 99% of the time, it's a complete curveball. Yeah. I'm you know, speaking of baseball, it's like you get a complete curveball just out of nowhere. And, and instead of having it be maybe answer directly it's oh let's have a call or yeah. i'm not interested yeah. and then you just sit on the other
1: end like what how <laughs> we, we were going to have this call on monday you were going to then <laughs> do this on tuesday i would make money on wednesday that's how right. it's supposed to work right yeah and um so then the viewpoint you have a choice now whether yeah. it's a curveball or whether it's just the universe guiding you and saying mm-hmm. no this is how this person is going to help mm-hmm. so, yeah um, i think it's fascinating how it works one, Mark Manson, who, who um, he's a writer, uh, phenomenal blog, has written a few books. And his take was, he said, life isn't a journey. He said, it's a process. And he defined happiness as the process of becoming your ideal self. Hmm. And journey sounds very sexy and very cool. Process is so boring. And I'm not a process guy. But it really, this definition really stuck with me because the journey has an end. Okay, so what do you, what do you get at the end? And... Um, We realize in life that unlike movies, when you get to the end, there's still more to do or there's it's anticlimactic. But the process is just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And a lot of people don't like that because that means we just have to continually be working the rest of our life. But I've been able to shift and actually enjoy it because I've choose to view it not as being tiresome. I, oh my God, it's a process, but really seeing it, that is just continually developing and and working on myself and taking that accountability. So to your point about control, in some mm-hmm. ways, understanding this is a process is, has has enabled me in some ways to let go of control because I'm like, okay, the universe, fate, karma, whatever you want to talk about, this is the process. And I did not get the result I wanted from that networking outreach, but it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. so that, that idea has really helped me a lot as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I do agree with you that I, I firmly believe that it is a work in progress. We are a work in progress yeah. Yeah. because as much as, as much as we want to start, as much as I want to strive for perfection, I don't believe it's a thing because yeah. as soon as I'm in that perfect moment, there's always something about it that I can improve. Yeah. There's always something about it that I can do differently. Yeah. And so letting go, it's, it's kind of ironic one of the books in the background you have, is the title literally says letting go <laughs> letting go of the fact that it has to come in one particular shape right that's right really makes i feel a big so difference. much lighter
1: my daughter asked me yesterday she because we've talked about this and she says how do you feel and i said i feel so light mm-hmm. i just you know someone said anger is like injecting poison in yourself expecting mm-hmm. it to hurt the other person and So for me, I don't, I've injected myself with so much anger and poison over my life, just over little things. I don't want to do that anymore. And so when I let go, another way to look at letting go is just let it be. Let it be. I've got a spot on my shirt. Uh, I'm going to be late for the meeting. Um, The election's not till November. Uh, Whatever it is, right? You just have to let it. This is just how it is, and I'm mm-hmm. just going to let it be. Doesn't mean I'm not going to act. Doesn't mean I'm going to be soft. Doesn't mean I'm just going to take it. I'm. You're going to do what you're going to do with intention, but I'm not going to be attached to a certain result like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to let it be. So,
0: mm-hmm. Casey, what's the best way that people can connect with you? Do you have anything that's coming up? I know that you were or are in the middle of working on a course, right? Yes. Something along those so- forms.
1: Exactly. Thank you. So um, I'm known for helping unhappy attorneys leave the law. So you can find me at leavelawbehind.com. Uh, we've created an online course, help hundreds of attorneys, uh, tra- career transition out of the law. And I'm really happy to say I'm announcing, launching, uh, just launched caseyberman.com, my first name, last name. Um, uh, com and, uh, this is fantastic. I'm so excited about it. And I'm going to be writing about a lot of the themes that we talked about today. Um, also how I've helped unhappy attorneys career transition out of the law. I want to take those teachings online course to help really everybody, understand mm-hmm. if they're in a limited situation or a career they don't like or something on those lines, how they can literally quit and throw in the towel in, in a good way, in a positive way, and move on to become their ideal life. So com is where they can find me and sign up and I'll be writing and, and uh, providing uh, more content uh, through that. So,
0: mm-hmm. Quick question before we end this particular episode. What are your thoughts about this whole concept of quitting? Why is it that much of a why is it as big of a, a
1: challenge that it appears to be yeah so that's hard. That's a great question. And I one is, so there's a few. One is our identity is so tied with the certain thing we're doing, whether mm-hmm. it's work, whether it's, well, I'm an athlete, or I live here, or whatever it is. I'm a blogger. How could I stop, right? So it's the identity that we know, the devil we know. And even if it's getting miserable or painful, or we don't like it anymore, or it's not making it that much money, this is what we know. And so it's going mm-hmm. back to your point about the fear of the unknown. Well, I know this. Yeah, but you're losing money. And it's an antiquated industry and you hate your job. Right. But it's what I know. So there's that element of why it's hard to quit. I think the other thing is that there's just this taboo topic. I mean, we've just been programmed among many ways in the world, but one of them is, is you just power through no pain, no gain. Um, mm-hmm. quitting is for losers. I mean, it's just literally what we've, how we've been, we've been taught. And, the way I want to look at it is it's tough. There's a balance. I mean, there's definitely an element of pushing through and persistence and so on. But one thing that I want to talk through is how to quit in, in a good way, how to throw in the towel. I mean, do you really want a self-limiting life where you're full of anxiety and depression and you drown, you numb yourself every night by watching Netflix? Netflix is cool. But if you really, that's all you do and you're not really building and growing, throw in the towel on that start yeah. something else mm-hmm. and you don't it's not a stop start you can do things in parallel so for me I want to position quitting and throwing in the towel which has these negative connotations as really something that's liberating and, and empowering and that's something that that we'll write about more
0: thank you all for listening to today's episode I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did if you haven't done so already, Feel free to subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.